<laughs> that is one big pile of shit. Uh, this could be it. We may be in some multiverse where I don't even exist. Don't knock rationalization. Where would we be without it? Yes, yes. Yes, without the use. To take them, take them out, take them down. Do your, do your stuff. Life uh, finds a way. Hello and welcome to episode 83 of The Complete Works Season 2, a deep dive into the career and films of actor Jeff Goldblum. My name is Mike Smith and joining me on this journey into the world according to Jeff Goldblum is my friend, co-host and fellow Goldblumaniac, Mike DiCrucio. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing good. I'm excited. Uh, today's al- Today's episode, there we go. Today's episode <laughs> is a, a, little, a little weird one. Yeah, yeah. We're taking the, this is kind of a bonus episode of the podcast, really a little bit of a diversion because, uh, you know, over the course of this podcast, we have been talking about Jeff Goldblum pretty much exclusively in an acting capacity. You yes. Know? That is kind of the whole idea behind <laughs> this podcast. Um, but as we've noted many times, he's a pretty accomplished musician, too. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he uh, do the score for that short film he directed, right? I'm not sure if he performed the score, but uh, it definitely has some jazzy overtones to it. Uh, True. For sure. Uh, yeah, if Goldblum hadn't gone into acting, it is likely that jazz music would have become his full-time gig, which we talked about, I believe, in our first episode of the show, in Death Wish, when we kind of, you know, before he got into actual Death Wish, we talked about Goldblum's life leading up to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe we kind of talked about it then, where it's like, oh yeah, jazz music was like the second thing, like the backup sort of, as far as like, you know, Goldblum's life and career heading forward. What a different world that would have been. If Goldblum didn't break out as an actor and just became a jazz guy instead? What if he broke out as a jazz musician? That would be pretty wild. <laughs> like, imagine Jeff Goldblum as the band leader on a late night show. I mean, that would kind of rule. I, I could honestly see, like, modern Jeff Goldblum doing that. So could I, but imagine if we only knew him as a jazz musician. Though. <laughs> yeah. If he was, like, the Paul Schaefer of his day or whatever. Yes. Like, yeah, which I guess would have been Paul Schaefer. Uh, <laughs> I mean, okay, you're not wrong. But, uh, but yeah, it, so if he hadn't gone into acting, jazz probably would have become his full-time gig. Uh, and his interest in jazz actually stems from his family, uh, specifically his brother Rick. Uh, and I don't think we've really talked about Rick on this podcast before, um, but he was Goldblum's older brother who actually died in 1971. Wow. Uh, so at, at the age of 23 years old, uh, cause of death dysentery while traveling in Morocco, uh, which, you know, horrible, tragic. And Goldblum has described Rick as a kind of hero of his, and uh, his early death is what gave him a renewed sense of clarity and focus, kind of pushed him to accomplish his goals and start really getting into acting and music and all that kind of stuff, because, you know, it's one of those things like the wake-up call, like, oh man, life can end at any moment sort of thing. Wow, I don't think I knew that at all. That's 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 wild. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Goldblum uh, really started acting on Broadway shortly thereafter, and uh, obviously his film career would kick off a couple years later with Death Wish, but Goldblum's love of jazz, it kept coming back throughout his career. It seeped into a lot of the characters that he played. Uh, it also just kind of makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. when you think about Goldblum as a person, <laughs> you know, that Goldblum would love jazz because it's filled with all kinds of improvisations and different rhythms and tangents. It's Jeff Goldblum in music form, essentially. Co- correct. Or is <laughs> Jeff Goldblum jazz in human form? That's also <laughs> the question. It could go both ways, I feel like. that's uh, Either yes. way, that's a correct statement. Uh, and in 2018, about 45 years into his career as an actor, Jeff Goldblum recorded, recorded his first studio album, acting as the band leader for a group called Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra, which was named for a family friend, uh, not after anybody in the orchestra. Goldblum was joined by a series of guests for an album of jazz favorites called The Capital Studio Sessions. 
I say I did better than ever. I, I think I played better than ever this morning. I discovered something. My band with whom I play, eighth degree black belt musicians, they were giving me a kind of some tips about tapping, tapping your foot as you play and what you should do. Then I was playing some things that I knew well and I wasn't tapping at all and letting just the rhythm happen in my fingers without any other, hmm, just my fingers. And this morning, I did that, something happened. Some more life and responsibility was delivered to my fingers, and I played better. That's incredible. Always learning. Well, I'm telling you. Always it's, learning. It's true, that happened this morning. Do you ever make little noises when you're playing, like, mm-hmm? I do. Well, jazz, some jazz guys famously, you know, Keith Jarrett. Uh, listen to uh, recordings of Keith Jarrett. He's quite orgasmic. And, uh, uh, he has very... And what do you do? I'm just kind of, I just picture you like a... Like a, like a sly cat purring as you play. Is that what you I do? I make sounds. Sounds kind of come out involuntarily anyway. Uh, one of my favorite pianists early on was Errol Garner. And he would grunt and do things. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I do things. Yep, yep, yep. I make some sounds. There's no one like you. Uh, never will be again. So Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra, they have released two albums thus far, uh, 2018's The Capitol Studio Sessions, which is actually a live album, and 2019's I Shouldn't Be Telling You This, which was recorded in the studio. Uh, Goldblum playing piano on both albums and occasionally provides his own vocals, but the, uh, the singing is usually handled by a series of different guests. So on the Capitol Studio Sessions, you've got uh, trumpeter Till Broner, American Idol contestant Haley Reinhardt, Irish singer Imelda May, and comedian Sarah Silverman, who we had worked with a few times on a pilot that didn't get picked up in 2012 called Susan 313, which I think I considered throwing into the mix here, but I don't think it's easily available anywhere, so it's tough to... <laughs> Tough to do that. We got war stories, but that's where we draw the line. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that, that's like a half-hour pilot that has basically lost the sands of time. So, yeah. Uh, I, I believe in that. I don't think he was main cast, uh, but I believe he would have been like recurring as like her ex-boyfriend kind of thing. Amazing. That sounds so, wonderful. There you go. Uh, they also worked together in The League. Uh, a friend pointed that out to me, uh, where uh, Jeff Goldblum played Nick Kroll's dad in The League, and there's like a sub subplot where he and Sarah Silverman are sleeping together on that show. So, hey, good for them. And then also, uh, it's a Run Ronnie Run reunion, because they were both in that movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so so I'm counting that as a Goldblum reunion. So there you go. Goldblum and Sarah Silverman, both in Run, Ronnie, Run. Uh, and this album, Capital Studio Sessions, that actually hit number one on the Billboard U.S. Jazz Albums chart and number four on the Heat Seekers Albums chart. So it uh, did pretty well for itself. And then I shouldn't be telling you this. It's got Sharon Van Etten, Inara George from The Bird and the Bee, Miley Cyrus, Fiona Apple, Anna Calvi, Gina Saputo, and Gregory Porter on the uh, tracks. So there you go. Those We got two albums to talk about today, and uh, this will be more of a, a free-form, loose episode of the show, much like jazz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're so uh, proud of yourself. I was very proud of that. Yes, Mike. Uh, yeah, so it's not going to follow like the typical show structure. It'll probably be a shorter episode of the show. Uh, we won't be like running down each track as we as if we are doing like the movies scene by scene or something like right. that. Because <laughs> yeah. that would probably be like just us repeating ourselves over and over again, being like, oh, yeah, this is some jazz right here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Neither of us are like professional music critics by any uh, by any stretch, but I think we're both pretty into music too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, we've been known to listen to music. Yeah, <laughs> we've dabbled uh, yeah. in, in the musical arts before. Uh, I've hosted many music uh, shows on the radio uh, in real life, and then also uh, this, this past weekend I set up a record player. So like, I'm pretty into the the music scene, man. Yeah, you dig on that record record phone ski. Okay. <laughs> 
I tried. <laughs> you could have said phonographsky. I uh, could have said phonographsky. It was right there. <laughs> uh, but all right. So, uh, Mike, uh, before we get into the actual albums, like, how big are you into jazz? Oh, uh, like actually, kind of big. Um, yeah. You know, I don't really go out of my way a ton to listen to jazz, but like every now and then, you're like, yeah. I got it's it's time and you just put on an album you're like yeah this is Miles Davis day today you know or yeah. whatever and and you just enjoy sit back and enjoy and it's pretty funny because there was a really long stretch of my life where I was like I just don't get instrumental music like what is the point of this that's like your whole identity now and it, correct and that's my whole identity now so thanks to my friends in college for introducing me to that and helping me see the error in my ways. In fact, music is better when there are no words. <laughs> <laughs> this is your hot take for the day. This is my hot take, yes. It's better with no words, live and improvised. So basically jazz. Uh, yeah, as far as jazz goes, I mean, I, I've uh, enjoyed it in the past, but never really like became entrenched into it. Uh, but whenever I see something that like is celebratory of jazz, I'm usually pretty into it. Uh, I know Damien Chazelle, the filmmaker, like all of his movies are like pretty heavily jazz influenced. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, there's obviously Whiplash and then La La Land. That's like a big studio musical. But like the whole thing is that Ryan Gosling's character is just like really into jazz, man. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, And even like uh, First Man has a kind of a jazzy score to it, uh, which is kind of a cool thing. Uh, But my brother was huge into jazz. Uh, My brother was uh, was actually like he played in the jazz band in high school and uh, he was a drummer uh, and still drums and stuff. Um, But, you know, not not as much anymore because he lives in an apartment in Brooklyn. So it's like tough to to move your drum set in there uh, and not annoy every single person on the block kind of thing. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. He's a very talented multi-instrumentalist. He was big into drums. He's played guitar and keyboard and saxophone and all that kind of stuff. He's, he's really great at it and uh, was very into a lot of the different kinds of jazz music, which I believe his drum teacher was kind of the first to kind of expose him to uh, mm. in that way. So uh, yeah, so I've, I've, heard, I've heard some jazz uh, kind of by being adjacent to my brother uh, over the years uh, and kind of grew an appreciation for some of that stuff. And Obviously, Jeff Goldblum, very big into jazz. It's his whole thing. <laughs> yeah. His second, his second career plan. So. Basically, yeah. And so these two albums, the Capitol Studio Sessions and I Shouldn't Be Telling You This, what are your overall thoughts on the albums, Mike? The two albums, well, I guess I'll just say my thoughts are that the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra is incredible. Like, the band itself is amazing. They're all, it's a, such a really tight band, especially in that live album, like the Capitol Studio Sessions or whatever it was. You can tell that those guys, they're really tight together, and it's really fun. Um, and then, like, also they have Jeff Goldblum, which is pretty fun, too. You know, it's, I feel sort of, that's kind of my takeaway, is, like, it's this really good jazz band that is, like... But what if also Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, cause like there's so Goldblum is playing piano, uh, but there's also an organ player. The organ player, uh, kind of like covers up Jeff Goldblum a little, like the keys a little bit okay. every now and then, uh, Goldblum gets some solos on that live album. But yeah, for me, that's kind of my takeaway, especially on the live one where it's like, okay, this is Jeff Goldblum sitting in with a real, like a band that already exists, but on the studio one, it feels a little more produced, right? Cause it's, it's not live. So they get right. the, can get the mixing a little better or whatever it might be. So Goldblum comes through a bit more and that one is is also you know it just feels like a really tight jazz band that is like jeff goldblum here and then we have the fun guests uh, especially a lot more of them in the the i shouldn't be telling you this album different vocalists and stuff so so it's fun it's cool that they're playing a mix of like you know jazz uh instrumental stuff but then also a lot of stuff with vocals so so yeah i mean it's pretty good it's a pretty pleasant like two hours or whatever to sit through listen both of them back to back kind of deal yeah um, definitely i mean i i think i prefer the live album i prefer capital studio sessions me too, uh, yeah you know i, sh- I shouldn't be, i shouldn't be telling you this is good but like you said it kind of feels like more produced in the live setting i think just gives it a little bit more vibrancy and a little bit more personality i think goldblum is a very talented pianist and like you can hear him on these two albums but i also think that uh part of the appeal 
of doing an, a band called Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred Simpson Orchestra is because you want to get Goldblum's personality in there too. You want mm-hmm. to have Goldblum as like a persona, and uh, you get that a lot more on the live album, on yeah. uh, the Capitol Studio sessions. Whereas on the, on the second one, and I shouldn't be telling you this, you don't hear his voice at all until the final track. He sings the final track on the album, right? Uh, and then otherwise, he's just like playing piano on it, and he's doing a good job. But uh, I think that first one, you know, because of that live setting, and you can kind of hear him interacting with the audience a little bit. Honestly, I wish there was more of that. Um, because you mentioned this to me uh, like last week and then I listened to it and uh, the way it kind of works is like each song plays and then like it starts to fade out and fade into the next song. Uh, and so you can kind of hear Goldblum like kind of doing his improv bit, talking to the audience, all that kind of stuff. But then uh, that like fades out. It's like less, less interested in that stuff. Yeah. Um, which I think, you know, for the full live album experience, I, I kind of wish it was just like, oh, this is the full thing. Um, and so some of my favorite tracks are the ones where you do get more of Goldblum kind of just improvising and interacting with the guests too. Uh, I think, uh, you know, one of my favorites, I think honestly my favorite track on, on the two albums, I've listened to this one a few times is uh, me and my shadow, which is mm-hmm. him and Sarah Silverman. Um, and you know, it's like a cover of a Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis jr. Song. And it's, you know, them kind of going back and forth and they're improvising some stuff and, you know, doing some wacky, like, you know, dialogue back and forth. And there's like one transgression where Goldblum just talks about leaving butter out like yeah. the night before. Cause like, ah, I've, I really enjoy soft butter and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's funny. It's good stuff. <laughs> Is that the best trumpet you've ever heard in your life? It's like cutting butter with a hot knife. Yes, you phrase maker. Well put. Hey, recently I've been keeping my butter out at night uh, so that it's soft in the morning. Is that risky? I love soft butter. It's not risky. You can do that with butter. You can leave it out. Okay, I'm taking that to the bank. Uh, What was I going to say now? Oh, 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 I know. Could you do me a favor, Sarah? Yes, anything. Could we take it just one more time? From the top? No, from that ending. I love that ending. Yeah, yeah. I like, um, I can't remember the song, but it's with Haley. Haley Reinhardt? Haley Reinhardt, uh, yeah. My baby, my baby Just Cares For Me? Yeah, I think like the first song. That, that was one of my favorites uh, on the album too, yeah. Yeah, where she's like, play me something sweet, Jeff. And he's like, what? <laughs> he just doesn't hear her. <laughs> it's like a perfect Jeff Goldblum moment. Um <laughs> And then I forget later on, maybe uh, she asks, she calls him Jeffy. And she's like, is it okay if I call you Jeffy? Trying to do like, you know, like the cool cat jazz dialogue that, you know, uh, and he's like, you can call me whatever you want. You can call me Chef Goldblum. And I was like, Chef Goldblum. (laughs) I know that. Um, (laughs) So like, that's pretty fun. And yeah, that's probably my only complaint with that album in general, like you said, is that it, it's clearly, because I think there's a, like a DVD of this, because there's a couple videos, there's like Jeff Goldblum Vivo channel on fucking YouTube. There is. Uh, so there's like four or five of the videos uh, on YouTube, like live videos on YouTube, but the album version of it, like it fades out of the banter stuff in between songs. And you're like, yeah. Oh, that's what we want. We want the Jeff Goldblum juice. No, uh, you know, uh, for the purposes of us on this podcast, I guess. Sure. Yeah. So I would be interested in, in checking that, that like full video out. I was hoping somebody would have uploaded it, you know, like there'd just be like a two hour YouTube video or something, but I didn't, didn't have any, have any luck with that. So it'd be fun to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Sarah, that Sarah Silverman song is great. I mean, as weird as it is, it's very fun. Yeah. Which is also, uh, I was, I was looking through the, uh, the videos for this concert and, uh, kind of trying to see if there was one of that. Cause I was like, Oh, there's gotta be, you know, a video of him performing with Sarah Silverman, and I couldn't find that, but a few years ago in 2015, Sarah Silverman uploaded a video to her YouTube channel, oh. uh, and it's called Jeff Goldblum Taught Me This Song, and it's her and Jeff Goldblum, like, at her house, uh, wow. doing, like, this one-take, like, you know, phone video of them performing and Me and My Shadow. It's, like, three or four years before the album came out. 
That's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. It's it's cool. Yeah, uh, and so it's kind of cool just to hear it like in its earliest unrefined form, uh, like a few years before uh, it came out. Uh, high recommend checking that out because it's just it's charming. It's cool. Yeah, I mean it's and it's sort of like the like it's kind of like the throwback to like the Altman era of Goldblum, where it's just like you know I mean that's kind of like jazzy in in the like you know philosophical sense, where it's just like a big group of friends. We're all going to get together and improvise some art together. You know, that's kind of right. like what jazz bands are and sort of like what they were doing with those movies. And that's kind of the, you know, the stable of actors that would make the movies with the directors, same director all the time. Uh, and here's Goldblum just pulling in his friends and stuff. Let's make a jazz album. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, also wanted to give a shout out. Is there any instrumental track that you wanted to give a shout out to? Is like one that you were uh, attached to? I really like uh, Cantaloupe Man because that's a, a Herbie Hancock song that right. I really that's, like. I think that's the first track on the first album, right? Yeah, on the live album. really good i don't have the track list in front of me let me i'll have to say i'll look at it while you're while you're telling me what's your favorite yeah fair enough i think nostalgia in times square was also one that i was pretty into on that album uh and then i think on the second album there's a song called driftin uh which i was listening to i listened to both these albums while i was at work and like you know just kind of like doing other stuff and like kind of listening back to certain tracks and stuff and then driftin uh, I had like stopped what I was doing because I was like, has this bass solo been going on for like a minute? <laughs> like, <laughs> there's like this like kind of dueling bass piano solo that goes on in Driftin that I was like, this is really cool. <laughs> this is awesome. Nice. <laughs> uh, so that was one that I kind of wanted to give a shout out to. I was just like, ah, oh, that's that's a really good highlight of both these albums. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I think. Uh, hold on, let's see here. Nope, it's gone. Lost it. <laughs> it's lost it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you have a favorite guest on the on the album? I, I think I was actually really blown away by Haley Reinhardt too. I think she was like really incredible. Yeah, she's amazing. And it was inter- like Sharon Van Etten. Like I was just really shocked by the like the the kind of uh, variety of guests on the second album. Like Miley Cyrus, and that song is great. Fiona yeah. Apple. Fiona Apple. Yeah. I mean, I guess my biggest surprise would probably be Sarah Silverman, <laughs> um, but Haley <laughs> Reinhardt probably fits the best. Like with that kind of jazzy. Yeah, she has vibe. that like that croony, like old school, sultry swinger voice kind of thing, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, she's real good and she fits the band real well. But yeah, probably Hilly Reinhardt. Yeah, I w- and I wasn't really like, familiar with her before this album either, so that was a kind of cool thing to, uh, to check out. My baby don't care for shows. My baby don't care for clothes. My baby, he just cares for me. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I, I asked this question, uh, and I feel like we've already kind of covered this, but uh, I'm going to throw it out there anyway. What do you think of Jeff Goldblum on these albums, Mike? <laughs> you know, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. I watched, uh, I think, it, what was his name? Charles Cornell? Yeah, he's a YouTube guy who is a jazz player, and he does like, you know, like jazz pianist reacts kind of things. Okay. And he had a video like lo- watching Jeff Goldblum, some of the Capitol 
studio sessions and then like a couple other live videos and stuff. And still like he gives like a little bit of a musician's perspective on it. And he was talking about you know, it's something that I would have never really obviously noticed because we're not neither of us are musicians and stuff. But he yeah. he was talking about Goldblum is clearly somebody that has been playing forever uh, and is like very comfortable and and can improvise and can do all this stuff but may not be like you know he doesn't have like the classically trained whatever thing you know that that kind of talent where everything is perfect and precise but that doesn't really matter in jazz a whole lot like you know as long as you can kind of yeah jazz is very much about you know the imperfections kind of exactly right the notes you're not playing no yeah Uh, That's, right. That's one of my favorite Simpsons jokes is uh, Lisa's Lisa at a jazz club watching Bleeding Gums Murphy. And, uh, you know, the, one, the guy sitting next to her is like, oh, this is terrible. And Lisa's like, you have to listen to the notes he's not playing. And the guy says, I can do that at home. <laughs> Amazing. But I think that kind of fits the Goldblum persona in general. Like, he's kind of this loosey-goosey weird guy. And, and that's sort of how his piano solos come through. It's just kind of just like a little, little wonky uh, trips down the, the ivories, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think he's he's like perfectly suited to this format of music, I think is kind of what it is. And, uh, you know, it's something that he's very passionate about uh, and is able to do kind of as a hobby at this point, because now it just feels like something he's wanted to do for a while. And he's at a point in his career where he can kind of just do whatever he wants, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, he like he doesn't really like, you know, kind of looking at it. And, uh, you know, we've been kind of talking about this a bit, but like his career as an actor, like he doesn't really act like he still acts pretty frequently, but not nearly as much as he used to back in the day. Where like, you know, when we first started this podcast, we were like, you know, it took us forever to get out of the early '90s because there's just so right. many <laughs> Goldblum movies then, and so many in the '70s and stuff. And uh, now he's at a point where he can kind of just act whenever he wants to. Uh, so it's usually either like a big franchise that he's returning to, mm. right, like Jurassic World or Independence Day Two or whatever, uh, or he's like a part in a big ensemble uh, for a filmmaker that he likes working with. You know, like right. Wes Anderson or like Take Away TT and uh, Thor Ragnarok and stuff. So it's very rare that you get a leading Goldblum role or something that he has to like really spend like a ton of days on set to do, you know? Yeah, it's probably been uh, since Adam Resurrected or something. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think we're getting one pretty soon. I think I think our next episode is The Mountain. Um, oh, and I, maybe, and, yeah. I, and I believe he's a major supporting character in that one. Um, but in the last few years, you know, he's more appeared as himself. He's appeared as himself more often than not in anything, you know, yeah. <laughs> like outside of movies and stuff. You know, he's had the apartments.com commercials, the world according to Jeff Goldblum. He pops up on, you know, I mean, one of my favorite things recently has just been going back and like watching uh, some of his old like Conan interviews because he was a bit, he was a great guest on Conan mm-hmm. um, and appeared on that show quite frequently. Uh, and so, yeah, he's just he's, he's a lot of fun. Uh, so he's built a persona as this eccentric guy who likes music. Of course, he has a jazz album. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's and yeah, that's and it's been there throughout. We've kind of tracked. Uh, we've had that long running joke about like it must be in his contract that he's got to play piano at some right. point. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of, I mean, how do you think this fits into the larger Goldblum oeuvre? How does it fit into the roles that we've seen so far, Mike? Uh, well, that that one episode of uh, uh, Criminal Intent where he like sure. destroys that guy's dreams. Remember, he's like, oh, there's one out of five million or whatever. I forget what the whole bit is. Uh, and then he hops up on stage at that jazz club and like plays plays a little piano solo there. Uh, yep. he's played piano in lots of stuff. He digs on the saxophone ski in Lush Life, of course. So yeah, I mean it's been it's been throughout and and like we've been talking about, it's just always there. You know, it's his whole persona. Yeah, definitely. I mean his uh, his love of music just has like permeated throughout his career, and I think Lush Life is the most notable one because he actually plays a jazz musician in that movie, right? Uh, and he digs and he digs on the saxophone ski, of course. And yeah, he's, we've seen him play piano a few times in Law and Order, The Switch. He plays the, the piano at the end of The Switch, right? Uh, even the Grandmaster in Thor Ragnarok, he plays the synth uh, oh, during that yeah, <laughs> during that one sequence. Thing. Yeah, 
Uh, and then in What If, he's like a DJ for Thor's like party or something. So, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he, it, that's part of that character too. Uh, and even just other characters, like he was a rock and roll critic in Between the Lines, right? And he was a disco club owner and thank God it's Friday. Uh, the tall guy, he performs in the Elephant Man musical. You know, he's, right. he's the music has been a big part of his career and, uh, you know, that jazz element to it too. I think we noted this when we, uh, reviewed the short, but little surprises has that jazz score attached to it, which is pretty cool. Even the big chill doesn't have necessarily a jazz like soundtrack or anything, but like music and the the soundtrack of that movie is very important to it. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, legacy. It's, it's one of the most iconic uh, soundtracks of the '80s for sure. And the the albums themselves also feature a few references to Goldblum's career, uh, which is kind of cool. I mean, you mentioned Chef Goldblum before. Uh, where he throws that out there, which is a Tim and Eric reference, which I was not expecting to hear on this album. <laughs> I can't imagine the jazz crowd is big on Tim and Eric. <laughs> Although they might be, honestly. You, you never know. You never know. But uh, also during uh, Me and My Shadow, which with Sarah Silverman, at the end, he like does he does the Jurassic Park theme for a little bit. He like Oh or, yes. He like does the like in Jurassic Park scary in the dark and he's like singing along to the, the thing and uh, I forgot yeah and it, my it's one of my favorite just like weird improv moments in the album too where he does that and then sarah silverman like continues it's like i hope i don't get eaten and then jeff goldman's like oh sarah sarah i wouldn't worry about that and he does like a growl like Arr. yeah yeah <laughs> in jurassic park scary in the dark i am scared that i'll get eaten oh sarah don't don't be scared of that <laughs> But yeah, so it's just kind of cool that uh, you know he's playing upon you. Know, he's playing upon his own image, and he throws in the Jurassic Park reference, and uh, you know it's a very funny moment at the end of Me and My Shadow, which already feels very like loose and improvised. Even though like a lot of a lot of that like loose improvised stuff from that song is from the Frank Sinatra Sammy Davis Jr. version. Like you look really? at the lyrics, they have I mean, a whole butter description, and <laughs> that's not in there. <laughs> but like a lot of the, like the bit where it's like, oh, why don't we take it from like, uh, well, like can we do that again? It's like take it from the top. No, from the ending. I love that ending. Like that's all from wow the, the Frank Sinatra bit. But then they also like update some of the lyrics too for like modern times. It's like a bit where like, oh, we should change the name Redskins and like we should deal with climate mm. change and all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, I, I, again, that's probably my fa- like my standout track from both albums because it's the most fun, not necessarily because it's the most like musically adept or whatever. Yeah. Um, for a really great track, I think the Haley Reinhardt one, My Baby Just Cares For Me is like one that like really stood out. And then that one's like, this is the one that I was like, I, I've listened to this one the most is just the most fun. Yeah, I didn't listen to anything bunch, so I can't really remember any of the titles, like specific moments, but the just the saxophone player throughout is so fucking good on the live album. Uh, oh, yeah. All of his solos are amazing. Ch- check out the album, you know? It's on yeah. Spotify. And uh, Till Bronner also jumps in, I think for the first album, uh, who's a trumpeter, he's a trumpet player, and like, Goldblum like mentions him a few times, like as he comes in, it's like oh, Till Bronner with a trumpet, and then you get the trumpet solo, and it's yeah. it's good stuff. And then I mean, just some of these songs. I mean, a lot of these are like jazz standards, like old school standards. I mean, the first album has uh, songs from Herbie Hancock, Marvin Gaye, Nat King Cole, Al Jolson, uh, you know, and a few others uh, along that line. Duke Ellington is also uh, covered in here too with Caravan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's just some uh, some good stuff on here, some like classic jazz songs done in the Jeff Goldblum style. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like a little funky, you know? And otherwise, I mean, like I said, this isn't going to be like a super in-depth episode. Is there any, I mean, any other specific things about any of the tracks that you wanted to kind of bring up there, Mike? Not particularly. All right, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I wish I wish the DVD or whatever was uh, on YouTube so I could have watched it. <laughs> yes, that, w- that would have been good. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we, we did this in the... You know, I, I kind of, we figured we would just throw the jazz albums in there. We didn't really know too much about them. Uh, if I knew that there was like a DVD or something, I would try to like maybe like get the DVD and maybe we could have reviewed that or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm happy to do, just do the albums because it was a little, something a little different for the podcast, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Like I probably would not have gone out of my way to listen to these. I knew they existed. I kind of remember when this happened. Uh, yeah. 
But I probably would not have gone out of my way to to ever track down Jeff Goldblum's jazz albums. <laughs> I, I had a friend before we did the podcast. I had a friend tell me how good one of these albums was. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was kind of cool. So it's, it's out there. I think if you're if you're in the jazz community, uh, you know, I think that these two albums are are kind of a well known thing. I'm not sure what the other big jazz albums the last few years even would be. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it hit number one on the Billboard U.S. Jazz chart or whatever. So yeah. Pretty big. Uh, so there you go. So that is a Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra performing their two albums, the Capitol Studio Sessions, and I Shouldn't Be Telling You This. And uh, they're good. Recommend. Checking them out, right? Yeah, yeah. I also love the little note that you threw in there that Mildred Snitzer is just somebody's name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's like a family friend of Goldblum. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> Incredible name. One. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. And two, I can't. I love that it's got nothing to do with the band at all, <laughs> which is pretty great. Uh, all right, so that I think is going to bring us to the end of this week's episode. Like I said, short one this week, but yeah, uh, a little that's bonus okay. episode. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we we kind of needed that after uh, having the super long Jurassic World episode last week. Yes. All right, so Mike, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, you could do that at our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com/slash Mike and Mike Pods. Plural, because we have two podcasts. Yes, we do. You can find me online at uh, M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, and Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Uh, don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Goldblum Pod, and you can find the rest of our podcasts on Rapture Press, alongside many other podcasts about comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Our theme song was created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own podcast themes at Kyle's Podcast Themes at gmail.com. Our logo was designed by Jacob Honeycutt or at Jacob Honey on Twitter. And we want to thank our social media advisor daniel clark as well so join us on the next complete works jeff goldblum will be giving out lobotomies in 2019's the mountain oh what a nice light <laughs> fair for us to watch <laughs> it'll be a pivot after the uh, the jazz album thing for sure and yeah. uh, let's figure this one out because you're gonna be uh, here in missoula this weekend we may have to watch the mountain together <laughs> Great. Can't wait. Plus, this week, Mike might go to the movies. Uh, we're doing a Mike Makes Mike Watch. Uh, Mike is watching Tim Burton's Ed Wood, and I am watching Miss Congeniality. Uh, two great tastes that go great together. Yes, correct. Ed Wood and Miss Congeniality. What a double feature. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And remember to go for the gold blooms. Call you Jeffy? Oh, you can call me Jeffrey or Jeff or Shevgold. <laughs> well, that's so sweet of you, Jeff. Oh, sweetness is all on your side, Hillary. <sighs> well, are you saying for me? Oh, yeah, for you. Just for me? Just for you, just mm, you. For me. Can you what? For me. For me, you, you. Just me? Yeah, just you. Only me? Only you. You better promise? I promise. You said? I say. All right. Thank you.